looking at 1 Samuel 30, and we're talking about encouragement, and we're looking at 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. We're only looking at a very short portion of it, actually about six words. David encouraged himself. Can you say that with me? David encouraged himself. So I want to talk about uh, this for just a little bit. First Samuel, if you have your if you have your Bibles, you want to follow along. Let me see if ho 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 ho. I'm having fun here. One of the most important things that you can do as a child of God is to remain strong in the Lord and not allow yourself to be defeated. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't feel bad. Someone said, well, your, your loved one just died, so, you, so why aren't you jumping around happy? And No, we're talking about that. We're not talking about some emotion. We're talking about even when you suffer loss or opposition or evil or whatever it may be, that you are encouraged in the Lord. Everyone say, in the Lord. Praise God. You're in, he encouraged himself what? In the Lord. <clears throat> Everyone say amen. This, this business of saying that I, I'm doing this in the Lord uh, is fairly common in the Bible. And it was because uh, Jewish believers and Christians came to understand that the way they were living was not just choices that they were making, but it was what was happening when you were in the sphere or in the realm. Of course, we want to use a little kingdom lingo there. But when you're in the sphere of godly things, then, then everything changes. For example, someone said, well, I watched that dirty movie and it uh, didn't bother me a bit. Well, it would have bothered you had you been kingdom-minded. If you had been in the sphere of godly things, you need to ask yourself, you know, I, I've heard this different ways, but you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be uh, trite, but someone said to me, uh, said to someone, uh, could you go into that bar with the cross on your shoulder? See that, that little symbolism there meant if I'm thinking about spiritual things, would I then do such a thing? Some people have two languages. They don't curse around church people, but they do curse around people in the world. And some people have two wardrobes. See? But when you're in the Lord, <laughs> hallelujah. Anybody love the Lord here this morning? So if you're going to make it, you have to find a way. See, this is not, I'm not teaching about how to be happy. Not talking about that. That's a whole nother deal. Uh, being happy and so on. There are times when you don't feel uh, happy. For example, to me, if you're at, uh, if you have a, the death of a loved one and you're standing there, there, you're not going to find happiness in that. What would be happy? Unless, of course, you begin to think about they've made it to heaven and something like that well then you can find you can salvage from that situation the a peace you don't have to be discouraged even when you're not happy you can be encouraged even when you're not smiling now it's a good idea to to smile once in a while and my grandkids they they love to 
of worship with me as I'm almost every time I teach, I have a grandchild that's praising God. And it just happens to be Jackson this morning. Praise God. Who is what is he three months yet? He's two months. OK, I'm, I'm rush, rushing him. He looks like he's five months. But anyway, um, so you may not be smiling. You may uh, some people this this always is I'm, I'm addressing two people here. There's the people that every time you put your head down and you go, oh, Lord, help me. Someone comes along and says, what are you so what are you so sad for? That crowd. And you want to say one time uh, years ago, uh, my I don't know. Uh, he's not in here. So uh, my oldest son was diagnosed with a major heart condition. It threw me for a loop. He was this age. In fact, he had surgery when he was that exact age. Open heart surgery. I mean, it just about uh, I'm going to look around here, sister. Okay, so, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter. I just don't want to embarrass anyone. So uh, I was really going through uh, a spiritual battle because, first of all, I didn't think that I would ever have a child, born, my very first child born. And I had just started a church in Chicago, and, and I really felt like I thought, oh, man, I'm going to kick the devil's teeth out. And, and then we weren't even there four months, and Ryan was born. And three days later, they said, we, we need to tell you something. Your, your child appears to have tetralogy. That's why he's blue. And I said, that, that, he's not blue. They said, yeah, look, look here. And they took his lips and they said, see how blue his lips are. Yeah, but, uh, but th that's not. No, no, no. We, we're quite sure he has tetralogy. And uh, they used to call them blue babies. And they usually don't make it past so many months, but they've perfected a surgery and and I was sitting there I was completely numb and I want to tell you right now I wasn't dancing a jig and saying man I'm doing man I just feel happy I wasn't happy at all and I told the doctor I said I I don't I don't trust this I I may get a second opinion I'm not going to let this baby I was completely floored by it is what I'm trying to say later of course that doctor became uh, basically a member of our family because he took that son of mine through four open heart surgeries. You just think for a minute. And I'm being very personal. Lord, forgive me. I'm, I'm running down here. But when that boy was six years old, he then, wait, yes. When he was six years old, he faced his fourth open heart surgery. And we faced it. We didn't have any other children. It, the second wasn't born until Ryan was, I don't know. I can't remember. But I'm going to say six or seven or something like that. Maybe eight. I don't remember. And it was a little Chinese doctor named Dr. Ao who we met one day. We, and Ryan was then made the heart prince for Chicago, which is massive. We're talking six million people or whatever the number is, more than that maybe. And, and so we met Dr. Walgreen, uh, Ms. Walgreen. We met all these people that are famous in Chicago because our son had a heart condition and he lived through it and he was so photogenic and he was so, had such a good, he could, uh, he had a vocabulary of someone from Harvard. That's just the way we talked, you know. And yet all through that time, it was like uh, the, that 
fourth surgery, I became so distraught in my own spirit. I'm, I'm telling things I don't say very often. Of course, you know, he's 34 years old now. So that's been a long time ago. And I was a young pastor. I was a young student. I was in Wheaton College in Chicago. I was studying Greek. I was getting a degree, a third degree in Greek. And my son has now been diagnosed. It was, it was un, just beyond anything I had ever thought I would ever face. I just couldn't believe it. I, I don't remember ever even having a cold. <clears throat> I don't think I'd ever had a cold. People talk about having colds and this and that. I, 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 Sister French, had, she had a, a brother that was handicapped, but she, her, she herself had never faced any such thing. And what I'm going to say, I'm going to say after having said all of that, and I shouldn't have even brought all this up. But you still can be encouraged in the Lord if your son is facing open heart. You can be encouraged. <laughs> a pastor called me who was my dearest. Uh, it, it was the big church in Illinois. He was superintendent for years. In fact, I went to him and said, Brother Colthar, I want to start a church in Chicago. I'd like to use this as my home church. I had evangelized, been there many times, preached all over there. He said, oh, Brother French, I'd be so honored. And when all this began to happen, I went to him and I said, I, I, f I feel like I'm going to just, I, I'm just going to have to give up. I can't, we don't have a decent building and my son could die on me any day. And I was just going through all this. I mean, I was really torn. And I mean, the tears just started running down his face. We were at this little hamburger place. And he said, Brother French, I want to tell you what I think it is. I think God has a plan. God has a plan. I mean, it just struck me like, wow. He knows that you. And then he said some things about me. And he said, he's looking at your ministry and your life. And, and so the devil, he's. It's like Job, and he began to talk to me. He said, it's like a builder that wants it perfect, and so he's working on it. And that's your life, Brother French. That was the first time that I had felt the encouragement. See, I didn't think I could be encouraged. I told my wife, I said, hon, I'm never going to be the same. I was this happy, go, you know, lucky, just kick your heels kind of guy, and now I'm going to lose my baby. And I don't know if I can face it. I don't know what to do about it. But it was that moment at Hardy's with Brother Calthorpe, just he and I sitting there, when I felt it like a wind. It was like, a, like someone took a great force of nature and, and like wind blowing into my spirit. I could feel it as I sat there and the tears were dripping off of my face. And I said, thank you, Jesus. I feel encouraged for the first time. You know why? Because I was now thinking about it the way God intended for me to think about it. And it was then that we said, okay, whatever, whatever happens, happens. 
Does anybody believe God can help us in those ways? Can we just lift our hands and thank him for that? Father, we thank you for it. No matter what we face, no matter what we're going through, we can be encouraged. We can be encouraged in the Lord. Praise God. I was going to tell you another incident there, but I'm, I'm, uh, for some reason I'm going to go on now. All right, so David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, this is important because <clears throat> we're looking at two words here. The top is the word courage, and the bottom is the word encourage. Obviously, the same word with uh, the encourage is a compound of that, of that noun. Encourage, this, this is a verb. And so you compound it, and you have encourage. All right, now... <clears throat> I want to talk about a couple of things here, and I need to move on. But uh, let's. Uh, uh, but before I do, I want to look at a couple of things. <laughs> okay. All right. So courage is to uh, enable someone to encounter difficulties with firmness or without fear. That's a dictionary. That's right out of a dictionary. Which, of course, is is how we define words by the dictionary. All right. And so the other languages, if, if you're looking at Spanish or Latin or something, then they don't call it a dictionary. If you're in English and you're studying it in, let's say, Greek or something, they call it a lexicon. That's the word for another language dictionary. And <clears throat> so it is in English, the word it, to have courage means to enable someone to face difficulties with firmness. Everyone say firmness. Now, David, that's not a picture of David, but there's a, there's a young man who is... Ob so what is it about that young man's composure, I guess we could say, or his uh, appearance that lets us know that something isn't just exactly right? You could say, well, he's praying. We could say that, and he is. I'm quite sure he's praying. But that is not a typical. How many knows that a typical pose for prayer is not to bring your fists together and put them up against your, your, your nose, on the bridge of your nose? Right? That's not a typical. Now, some people, I, I'm not saying nobody prays with their knuckles on their nose. They might do it. I, I, I don't see it very often. I'm not trying to judge anybody. If you pray with your knuckles on your nose like this, but I want to tell you what that is. When you put both of your knuckles up against your, your nose and you crinkle your forehead, something is going on in your life. And it's okay to put your knuckles on your nose once in a while and to crinkle your forehead. But I want to tell you something. When you reach that point, you can still encourage yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you can do it. And God's going to help you to do it. <clears throat> so you can get through it with firmness. You ever been through a situation and you just said, I don't know how I got through that. Everybody at one time when I said that, even though many of you look like your coffee, you got to work on the coffee. All right. But but even with that, when I said that, the, this whole building, I didn't see everybody over here. I got to start coming over here more. But it was like this. Oh, yes. You didn't know how you got through it. You know, one of the old uh, spirituals that I love, there's a, 
I don't know if you've ever heard of Mahalia Jackson, but she's one of my... Brother French, we've got to do something. Hold on just one second. I don't know if I can talk about Mahalia Jackson and try to get that back on. But she's a, a singer. She's, of course, long past, but she may be the most famous. She would sing uh, for presidents, but she sang old uh, spirituals mostly. And one, of, she's saying, I, I've got probably, well, I've got a lot of her stuff, had it through the years. But my favorite thing she's saying was called, or what I call, I don't know what any song is actually called. I just know what I call it. And uh, I called it How I Got Over. <laughs> That's the song. How I Made It Over. It's got that little kind of cadence to it. How I got over. My soul was made to wonder how I made it over. And she's got that little, uh, <laughs> do you know who Mahalia Jackson is? And, uh, and, every, and you know, every little bit, I, I, when I'm facing something, I don't know what to do. Have you ever wondered, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, someone says to me, Here, here's, let's go, someone, I don't have a job, brother. What am I going to do? And then you say to them, well, you're probably going to starve then. <laughs> That's the way folks do it. This guy was in the hospital. This is just a joke, but this guy was in the hospital and was completely mangled from being hit by a, uh, <clears throat> in an accident. And, and the guy came in from the church and said, how are you doing? He said, well, I'm not very good. He said, well, what's wrong? He said, well, uh, I, I broke my leg and my, my shoulder. And I'm, I'm in either, uh, uh, well, yeah, what are you crabbing about? You were hit by a truck. That was his encouragement in the Lord. He said, well, I'm glad I could be encouragement. And then he leaves. There's all kinds of those. We used to call those Job's uh, comforters. Yeah. They're no comfort at all. But they were sent as Job's comforters. And so, uh, but let me tell you what you could do when someone says, I don't think I'm going to make it. You can say, you can make it. <laughs> you can make it. Someone said, well, what if you tell somebody wrong? You're not going to tell them wrong. You can do anything through the God that you're serving. You can face it with complete firmness of faith. I've put my faith in God. My trust is in God. No matter what it is I'm facing. But I do want to say this. Many of us are discouraged. Now listen, it's just so profound. It's so profound. You've got to hear. If you don't hear anything else before you get to Starbucks, you need to hear this. Many people are discouraged by their own discouragement. They think because they're discouraged that they're hopeless. Uh, I'm discouraged. Why? I shouldn't have to be discouraged. It's not fair. And then we start this. Uh, it's not fair. It's not fair. See? Well, let me tell you, life's not fair. If you're waiting for life to be fair, then you're in the wrong universe. Life is not fair. Nobody's ever going to be able to explain all the sins and all the things that are going. Look, if you look around this world, I'm going to tell you the world's in trouble. But there's hope. Hallelujah. Because you can find what you need in God. Whatever you're facing. David, I could, I'm not going to go into David's story because I want to move on. But David was facing an enormous, enormous things in his life. He, here he was called of God and anointed of God. But the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, to encourage means to inspire with courage. 
or confidence or hope to, to inspire someone. Now, I don't mean by that that you should tell people, like if they say, am I good looking? Or, <laughs> I, I'm going to change the, the, the story. Um, how do you like my dress? How do you like my dress? Uh, I'm going to change that story. I'm trying to think of a story that I can use. <laughs> because I do preach against lying. I think lying is a bad thing. So we have ways of saying things to where we can kind of not, uh, huh, I, won't, I can't think of anything I can actually say. Um, there was a brother uh, Griffin. Anybody know Brother Griffin? Is he still? Has he passed? Is he okay? He was a from Texas, a great great Bible teacher. That when I first became apostolic, I met him at college, and he's a genius basically. And he told the story. I never forgot it. That um, he had a pastor friend. I'm not judging. Can I? Can you not judge me, Sister French? Don't judge me on this. Okay. All right. Just don't judge me on this. And. They would bring the pastor all kinds of pies and and uh, things. I'm not going to tell the whole story. I'm not going to tell all that because I don't. I'm just going to give you the <laughs> don't judge me on this. And so he found a way to deal with it that he felt okay with. I could never, you know, I'm not. I just want to be judged by this. I'm just saying. Uh, so he dug a hole in the backyard and he called it the spot. And when people would say, how was that pie that I brought you? How'd you like that pie? He would say, well, it hit the spot. <laughs> I don't want to be judged by this. I'm just telling you. <laughs> now, that's a horrible thing to deal with. I mean, when you think about that, it's horrible beyond words. It's just horrible. <laughs> it hit the spot. Now, that seems to me like less than. I told Brother Griffin later, I said, Do you remember this story? Remember telling? Oh, yeah, that's a true story. I said, I, I find that less than honest. You got to find a way to deal with it uh, without that, because that's just, that's just pure deception. And I'm sure maybe I thought maybe it was a joke. There are times when we are walking in situations that are very complex. Some of you, when you go home today, you're facing family, you're facing circumstances that will drain you of your faith and courage in God if you allow it to. But how many knows that you can put your trust in the Lord? You can trust God. Now, I didn't say that you don't dare put your knuckles on your nose. I didn't say that. I said, when you get to the place that's a, here's what I do. I put my hands like this. Hey, when you see me, and I don't do it often in public, but I do it almost every day in this auditorium. I come and I put my hands over my head. Like this. That means is I am a desperate soul. I need revival in Atlanta, 
Lord. I need the Holy Ghost to work in my life, in my children, and my grandchildren. And then after a little bit, guess what's happened? My hands go up. You know the best. I I like to dance, and and and, uh, and so and I get. Uh, you'll be surprised at people that that I've heard talk about me because of my, me being a little emotional. I'm getting a little worried about the apostolic church. By the way, when we're perfectly satisfied without ever praising God at all, that that worries me. Something about that doesn't seem right. But uh, but uh, I want to tell you, when I'm all by myself in the presence of God, I can just dance before the Lord. Lord, and something happens to my spirit. Praise God. And so the old knuckles come off and, and the tears begin to flow and I begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. I feel your touch, Lord. I know you're moving. How I made it over. How I made it over. My soul is made to wonder how I made it over. <laughs> See, I like that. You wonder, how did we get through that? How did we get through that? Do you know one time I owed a million dollars in medical bills because of one of my boys that had so many, 13 catheterizations in the first few years of his life. That, those were each about $100,000 a piece. And then all the rest of it, and did you know the devil said, you'll never get that paid. You'll never get a, oh, they're going to be hounding you the rest of your life. One day, see, I can't get off the, I can't, I can't believe it. Sister French, am I still on the very first slide? Um, the Holy Ghost spoke to me. Do you remember this, Sister Friends? When he I was uh, right there in Chicago, and the and I turned to you and I said, "The Lord told me what to do." She said, "What?" He told me to call every doctor and tell them you have five dollars that you could put on it, but that's all. And you will pay this. And God has promised it, I will pay it. We called. It was like 30 different uh, doctors in you know, different places. And I called every. And, and I, I talked to a lawyer. Told me the same thing. Call every single one of them. Just call them and say, I don't have any money. I'm a preacher. <laughs> They'll understand. And, and just say, I don't have any money. But I'm going to pay it. God told me he's going to help me pay it. And when I even said it, I, I was like, I can't believe I'm saying it. But you, know, ever, you ever have God just talk to you and you just feel better because God's talking to you? And you think, see, folks, you need to trust God. What I'm trying to say is you may not fully understand it, but you can trust God. So I got on the phone. It took me all how, that took more than one day, didn't it? Yeah, it took more than one day. But anyway, it took about two full days. I mean, I did nothing but call hospitals. I called a hospital. I said, I owe you, uh, well, like th it was th thousands. Of, I forget the amount, but it was, let's say 200000 We owe you $200,000. Well, it's nice to meet you because you're paying for our hospital. You're, we're very happy to meet you. And I said, but the thing is, I don't have any money. 
But God has told me he's going to help us. And I, I've talked to a lawyer. And we are going to pay everything that we owe. Every dime that we somehow we're going to pay it. And, uh, and they said, just a minute. Click, 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 click. I could hear the click, 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 click. Are you sure you owe us $275,000? Yes, yes, I've got the bill right here. We can't find your bill. Click, 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 click. And I would go in. And I thought I had problems. They can't find my bill. What, what's going on here? And then I got to thinking, Lord, have you hid this bill? <laughs> and I thought, hey, if the Lord hides the bill, ain't nobody going to find it. And I said, uh, but wait, wait, no, no, no. I'm looking at the bill. I'm looking at the bill. They said, we, uh, I'll call you tomorrow. Remember, I'll call you tomorrow. I'm just telling you about the first one. Remember, there were 30. And, and they, the next day, they called back and they said, we found your bill. And I said, I wasn't saying hallelujah so loud. Um, but they said, before we found it, they had a meeting and I told them you called. And they said, we're writing it off. We're writing it off. <laughs> Every dime of it. That was one bill. And we're writing it off. And, and I was thinking, that, of course, you know, my brain was going click, 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 click. And they said, and then we found your bill. Afterwards, they said, uh, we thought the bill we'd been doing, they explained how you could lose a bill, which if I do that, I, you know, I'm in trouble. And so they lose the bill. And they said, we found it. It was in so-and-so records. And then we pulled it up. And now they have stamped it paid in full. I wanted to, you want to know what that did to me? Oh, that made me want to run and shout. Woo! Hallelujah! So the next person I called, I said, I owed... Uh, 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 um, well, I can't remember with so many hospitals, whatever the hospital was. And I said, um, I, I owed them $275,000 and they lost the bill. And then they, they, they stamped it, paid in full, and then they found the bill. But they said, we won't go back on our word. That's what they said. We will not go back on our word. And the next place I owed like 100000 And they said, well, hold on just a minute. This went on for two days. Until one million dollars was paid in full. So what, what am I saying? I'm saying I don't know how it happened, but thank God it did. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but I thank God that it did. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Now, for the sake of my honor, I want us to go to the next slide. We're going to go, if, if we could here to 1 Samuel 2. Now, we were uh, <clears throat> looking at chapter 30, and now we're looking at chapter 2, and I'm reading from, let's compare this to another translation. so similar. There is none holy like the Lord. Can you say that? There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There's no one besides you, Lord. But look there at the mountain. That's supposed to be a mountain. There is no rock like our God. Praise God. Now, this same translation, can you, I'll point to it because I, I just really love to point to stuff. See right here? See, this is the scripture that we just looked at before this one in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. And notice that this translation, which is right there, translated it, David strengthened himself in the Lord. 
Well, hey, I got news for you. The Hebrew word for strengthened is not found there. So what they're saying is, oh, hallelujah. When you do all the things you have to do to encourage yourself in the Lord, you've strengthened yourself even though it's not the Hebrew word for strengthen. And so it is, because the Lord, there is no rock like our God. Can you say praise the Lord? There's no God. So let's go look at a couple more. Let's skip the next one. I'll come back to that next week. Go to the next one, seven reasons that people get discouraged. Uh, Okay, we'll give, okay, seven, we'll skip that. Let's go to the next one. Uh, Skip that, we'll come back to that. Oh, Oh, that is the next one. Okay, okay. Psalm 27 and 14. Now notice it. I want you, can you see it? I put that in the, I over, I put this card. This is a card that you send someone, which I think is a great thing, by the way. And I overlaid it on top of a service. Well, the, the, the dove is not actually in that service. That's added for spiritual effect. But the hands, those are real hands, real service. People have their hands raised. And there's a dub added to show that the Spirit's there. Okay, now, Psalm 27 and 14. We may not get much further than this because I'm really, really, really not moving very fast. But listen, listen to Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord. Now, folks, I recommend this. If you want to be encouraged in the mist, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's something that just, oh, man, you're going to just be uh, smiling. I'm saying that if you intend to find the courage and the encouragement of God in your life, you have to wait on the Lord. You know how many people have messed up big time because they couldn't wait. They couldn't wait. And they get ahead of God. Or they, in the middle of discouragement, they, they do the very thing they shouldn't be doing because they couldn't wait on God. But instead, the Bible says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Everyone say good courage. Now we could do, I'm going to go back next time, next, not this next Sunday, but sometime in July. We're going to talk about what it means to be of good courage. See, what you're seeing here is the blend between courage and encouragement. When someone has strength and when someone has courage, uh, they, then if you have good courage, that's not talking about be brave. It's talking about being encouraged. Be encouraged and wait upon God. And he shall what? Can you see that? He shall what? I'm going to go over this way. He shall strengthen thine heart. Hallelujah. So if you wait on the Lord, because we know all the scriptures, I will kind of hold, hold off here. If you wait on the Lord, he shall strengthen thine heart. Because, and we're going to, this is what we're trying to get to. Encouragement is a matter of the heart. No matter what you're facing, you could be breathing your last breath, and you could find the encouragement of the Holy Ghost. We had a sister pass not too long ago that in the very last hours of her life, in the very last days of her life, you know what she was doing? Loving people, witnessing to her family. She was full of the Holy Ghost. 
Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Praise God. Let's see if we can go to the next one. Let's go to one more. Let's go to the next one because I really, really want to look at this. Let, let me double check. Um, nope. <laughs> Let's stand. Okay. Um, too, many, too, many, too many stories, too much uh, feeling good about being in a good June uh, Sunday morning Bible lesson. Praise God. Can you say praise the Lord? Can you say hallelujah? Can we just lift our hearts together and let's give him praise? Father, right now, I thank you so much. Thank you for the anointing of God. Thank you for the hope today that we feel somebody needs encouragement, Lord. Somebody needs a touch of God. And I believe today that you're going to help us to do it. Even summer of 2018, you're going to lift us up into the presence of God.